This. This is, this is diversified, diversified, diversified game, game, game. game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today, you guys, this is going to be some tech game from Mr. Cliff Boyle of Sazzle Chat. He's going to tell us why his company, his app, his business is like no other and why it's unique and why we need to download it now. Cliff, welcome to the show. Great to be here, Kellen. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, you know, we were just talking about uh, technology and I was having, you know, some Twilight Zone issues. Um, some folks will say, you know, tech will take over and automation. I can't wait for it to do that. My life will be a lot easier. But can you tell us, give us an introduction into your business? Yeah, our business, we are big fans of privacy and we think privacy is essential to human liberty. It sounds like, you know, high school history course, but it happens to be true. And we're losing our privacy, and I didn't want to see that happen. And the people working with me didn't want to see that happen. And we do get tremendous convenience from technology. As you were saying, you, you had some issues with technology, and it was frustrating, and you finally got in there, got it right, and hey, we can go now. Good. I don't have to worry about the technology. But the technology you're using is a technology that takes privacy away. This is a Zoom meeting. It's on an application and it's running on Zoom's servers. So Zoom is in control of your broadcast right now and you are not. Mm -hmm. And in the long run, I don't think we're in a good position to let these large technology companies control our messaging, our chats, our business. <clears throat> And, and, and so what does your company, how do you um, protect it? What makes it different? We allow our users to control their content. Like Zoom allows us onto their application and all of our, our voice and data and pictures go to Zoom servers. Like Zoom will take your voice onto their server, send it to my application on my tablet and I can hear your voice. It all goes through Zoom. What Shazzle does is takes your voice and or your message from your device, whatever you're using and sends it directly to my device. Shazzle does not deliver the message. You deliver your own message. So Shazzle can't say, oh, we don't like what he's saying. I support the other candidate he's supporting. So let me shut down messaging which is what Facebook has just done to Trump supporters. And Facebook's done that to Trump supporters because the Biden administration, the incoming administration has threatened Facebook. With, I can't say that's why Facebook is doing it. I was wondering if Zoom didn't like what I was saying and just shut me down. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say the, the new administration stopped you right there. <laughs> I, want, I want to be very careful to say that we are not in favor of one administration or another. I think it's perfectly plausible, and many listeners would agree, that if the Trump administration had the opportunity to do the same thing, they might do so. And we know that this is happening. Hong Kong's a great example that communist China shuts down messaging 
when they want to shut down Mesh. Oh, there's a protest? Oh, let's block the internet traffic. Um, Shazzle Chat's not going to allow the Chinese communists to do that because they can't block Shazzle. They can block Shazzle servers, fine, but the messages aren't going through our servers. They're going from, you know, say your phone to your receiver's phone over the internet, but not on a central path. They're going what's called the edge nodes of the internet. So we want to shut down the government's ability to hamper communications, to steal the communications, to database the communications, to spy on their citizens. And we want to shut down the tech giant's ability to cooperate with that. Now you're, you're talking to the right guy. And I want to know, you know, if you can tell the audience, what are you doing that the other companies aren't? Because I used to work for Synology, which is, you know, a private server uh, uh, company. And, but they're a Taiwanese company. And, you know, I say this is the same thing Hillary Clinton was using um, to, you know, stop the, the emails. I, like many, I'm from the party of George Carlin, where I think, you know, politicians have been bought and sold a long time ago. And I've worked with them and we still do. And so I, I totally don't go one way. I go the way of if my taxes are going to be raised or not, or, you know, what issues are important to me. But what are you doing that the, <laughs> other, that the other companies could be doing, but they choose not to with your server? Like, do you have some miracle server that they couldn't have access to? Or are they just so in line with whatever, you know, the powers that be say, this is how we need it done. And we need to have access to your stuff because we're the government and that's it. Well, I, I'll give you the short answer. They are making a lot of money and we are not. We're a free service. We don't advertise. I'll give you another short answer. They are on the World Wide Web. We are not. We don't, we don't deliver messages through a server. You said the Met server. Yeah, we have a magic server. It's called It Doesn't Exist that you deliver your message to your receiver from, and I'm going to say phone, because you get into a computer device, it could be a tablet, you know, phone to phone is simple. And that's the way I explain it. It's not the only configuration that works, but your message goes from your phone to your receiver's phone. Nobody does that. Viber doesn't do that. WhatsApp doesn't do that. Telegram doesn't do that. Signal doesn't do that. None of them do it. They all control your content on their servers and, and store forward from there. We, you never send your content to Shazzle. You join up for Shazzle chat, you send a message, you send it to me. My server, my Shazzle server never gets your message. Nobody else does that. Nobody else can say that. They can say, hey, trust me. We encrypt the data, we encrypt the messages, and we don't break the encryption. Trust me. Okay, if you trust Signal, that's fine. Go ahead and trust Signal. I can tell you, guess what? Don't trust me because you don't have to. I never get your message. The government comes to me and says, Cliff, people are spreading disinformation. We're going to regulate the crap out of you if you don't stop them from spreading this deep disinformation that's destabilized in the country. And then I look at them and I say, guess what? I support the Bill of Rights. I support freedom of speech. If people want to spread disinformation, they can't yell fire in a crowded theater. We all know that. But if they want to believe something and spread it, guess what? They have the constitutional right to do so. And guess what else? I can't shut it down. And guess what else? You can't regulate it and shut it down either. So you can piss off 
All right. All right, Cliff, you've gone somewhere, you've opened a door, and this is me saying it first. I think that's your campaign speech right there for whatever office you want to run for. (laughs) More and more, people are going to see that their rights, you don't have the right to say what you want. And they've kicked, you know, very popular, rich, you know, iconic people off to some, you know, off, you know, Facebook, off YouTube. I personally, you know, Alex Jones is one of those people. I'm like, why can't he say what he wants to say? Um, And they've all come together to, you know, kick him off and, you know, kicked off. You can, there's so many others that don't get the type of notoriety that, you know, someone like he does and he's fine, but, you know, could you, this is the campaign speech. So can we say, you know, you're running when, what year? (laughs) My campaign speech is elect me to represent the government and I will tell the government to piss off. And you know what? I would probably get elected. (laughs) Especially now, especially now. Let me talk about Alex Jones, not Alex Jones himself. You know, some of his theories I think are out there and I don't have any information or facts to know he's right or wrong. I assume he's wrong, but I don't know that. But the reason they kick him off is they're making billions and billions of dollars and it makes him look bad to the people they're making billions of dollars off of. And they say, okay, we're making all this money, plus to regulators. We, we've we got stockholders, we're making a lot of money, we gotta give them a return on their investment. You know, I'm Mark Zuckerberg, I'm making a lot of money. I don't wanna give Alex Jones a platform, so I'm gonna shut him down because I can. And it's okay for a private business to shut down Alex Jones and that's capitalism and I'm okay with that. But when the regulators are pushing them to shut them down, when they're doing it to please the government, which they're doing now, now they've stepped over the line. And we're talking about the United States of America. I mean, I'll bring up Hong Kong because people know about Hong Kong, but you could go to Azerbaijan, you can go to most countries in Africa, you go most communications, Iran, Iraq, you know, Peru, Peru, man, you go most places, the government controls what people can and can't say, even more so than in America. And they're not going to have the chance to do that once Shazzle Chat becomes the method people use for private communications. Because not even Shazzle, if Shazzle can't shut it down, how the hell is the government going to shut it down? We don't control it. You do. <clears throat> yeah, no, that's, that's, that's awesome. And I definitely think you could, <laughs> you'd have, you know, a lot of people say, yeah, that's the type of talk we want to hear. And, and that's also why platforms like OnlyFans have sprouted up. And, you know, it's kind of like the internet where people say, well, that's for, you know, adult, you know, content creators. And it's no, the internet, you know, if you went to church when the internet came about, they, the, some pastors would say, the internet is the devil. Don't get on that thing, but it's how you use it. And OnlyFans is only allowing you to say whatever you want to say, show what you want to show without being, you know, um, kicked off and having to start again. So, do you see um, your company growing to allowing even like video and, you know, almost kind of forming a, um, a YouTube type platform where we can send videos that we want to send? Well, you can send videos now on Shazzle Chat. Um, we're in beta. We've launched. You know, we haven't optimized the video experience yet. We'll be doing that in the coming months. There's, there are things that we'll continue to optimize. If you look at our user interface, you know, we're not as slick as Viber right now. You know, our stickers aren't as cool as their stickers. Um, 
And there's some things, there's window dressing they have that we don't have yet. Of course, we're going to add it and we're working on it every day and we're getting there. But we don't travel the web. If you want to control your own messages and you want to own your own messages, where are you going to go? If you go on the web, guess what? On Facebook, what I found out, some of the groups I joined on Facebook were deleted. Not just the groups were deleted, but the content I had created on my own keyboard that I thought of as my content. Now, here I am. I've been doing this for 12 years. I get four internet patents and four patents in internet communication, you know, both US patents and worldwide patents. And I had this, I knew legally Facebook owned the content, but it hit me emotionally in a different way. Once they took my content and threw it out and deleted it without ever even telling me. It's one thing to say, hey, we have to delete, blah, blah, blah. No, I showed up one day, poof, gone, right? So I like to control my own messaging and that's why we've started Chazzle Chat. That's why I use it. Wow. And when you said that, um, and we were talking talking about Twilight Zone earlier, I'm thinking Facebook then told you you're obsolete, which was one of those old Twilight Zone episodes where, you know, you believe in books or you read books, you're you're obsolete. If you don't go with the flow of the the government, could you, I mean, WhatsApp and, you know, Viber and all these places, they've kind of grown, at least in, in my circle, if you have international connections, because, you know, certain countries and regions have shown like, wait, this is easy. We might not have smartphones, but this works on our basic phone, two smartphones. So what, what's the process? Is it America first or is it, I mean, maybe even China wants this because we know, like you have mentioned, they're, you know, handcuffed at times, especially folks in Hong Kong who are used to, you know, some type of freedom. Yeah, we have more foreign downloads than U.S. downloads. So, again, Shazzle's all about the users. Shazzle's not in control of who's first. The users are in control of who's first. Who finds out about it and who wants it and who wants it the most? And we were thinking it was probably going to be foreign countries, more the people that are being shut down by their government would probably put up with Shazzle doesn't download quite as fast as WhatsApp or Viber now. I would say in a month to six weeks from now, we will. If you get on Shazzle, you might say, geez, I have to wait a minute for that video. Now, if I'm in Hong Kong, I might be willing to wait for a minute because otherwise I don't get the video because they're not letting me on these websites, you know, Um, maybe if, if there's a protest going on, they don't. But with this election, And with Facebook and Twitter moving against freedom of speech, there are a lot more Americans who are interested and our downloads are going up and we expect they're going to go up very much more quickly. Um, So the answer to who comes first is is up to the people that want to use Shazzle Chat. I want to go back to you said about this website that allows people to post any content they want, whether it's adults only or whatever else, Alex Jones, they don't have any editorial content on what goes on there. That is a a legal difference between them and say Facebook. They have decided to to act differently. Their technology is not different. I wanna make the point, our technology is different. We cannot shut down your content. It's not like we're telling you, oh, trust us. We can't shut down your freedom of speech. 
You are in control. That's a huge difference. You go on that website you talked about, you're in control as long as they allow you to have control. And they said, hey, we're going to allow you to have control. And they will until they don't anymore. But you're, it's on their server. Their server is in charge. You are not. All right. With Shazzle, you're in control. Is a different technology. And I want the entire world and I want all developers and I want competition in this space. I want people to see our architecture. I want them to compete with us. I want them to make it better. I want the world to be free, to have freedom of speech and freedom of information. And that's going to drive democracy. That's going to drive liberty. That's going to drive capitalism. That's going to drive prosperity. What the heck are the Chinese communists going to do when they can't shut down the free information flow, not only in Hong Kong, but Beijing? What happens then? That's what I want to see. No, I, I love it. So what country um, has the most downloads uh, so far? You know, I don't have the day-to-day information about that. I don't know if Xenia can comment or not. I know that I, Azerbaijan, when they just went through their conflict and they're in the middle of it now, downloads jumped way up. Where it, for a couple of weeks, we had more from Azerbaijan than we did from the United States. I, I can't look at the statistics day-to-day. There's too many other things going on. Um, I know we have a fair amount in Russia. Um, and, you know, I would say that we have a wide base. We don't have as many from Western Europe. I know we do have from Portugal and Spain, um, but we haven't done any advertising. Um, and we haven't done any advertising because, again, we're still perfecting over the next com- coming weeks. I'd say we're in beta now. You can download it. You can use it. But particularly if you're on iOS, um, it might take you a minute or two for some videos. Some will come right away, and most of them, Android, come right away. Um, and iOS, I think it's by mid to late December, will be very fast. It's not as fast now. So, you know, we're not promoting it that much, but our downloads are increasing, and it's spread geographically, depending on where the hotspots are. Right now, given the election and the vote counting, the hotspots in America and Azerbaijan, but that can change week to week. Now, the, the tech behind it, is that yours, you know, patented and, you know, and if it's yours, or could this be a Shark Tank play to get the word out in America to say, look, I have this technology, it's mine, I've created this thing, and hey, Mark Cuban, this beats dust, because, you know, Mark Cuban has the dust app where he says you can send the private messages and, you know, it, it deletes and, you know, it, it, there's no... If- If you trust Mark Cuban to delete it, then fine. Use Mark Cuban's app. And I say to Mark Cuban, guess what, Mark? You don't have to trust me. I never get the message. I don't delete the message because I never get it. Yeah. So which app would you rather use for privacy? One where you trust Matt Cuban or one where you don't have to trust Cliff Boyle? You trust yourself. You want to trust yourself or Mark Cuban? Always yourself. Now, is exactly. that is that tech, is that yours? And is that something that you can offer to other companies? Are you even uh, open to that? Yes, we can offer it to other companies. Yes, we have a patent on our method of, of transmitting peer-to-peer messages. We have a U.S. patent on that. Um, and certainly we would be willing to license that to other companies. Um, to the extent they're interested. I would like to see other companies be interested, obviously. Um, There could be other methods of doing this. Companies might see what we're doing and say, oh, we see their patent, we can't do that, but there's another way we can do it. 
good. You know, if you can do it better, we welcome the competition. Because what I'm about, I, I do other business as well, and I've done very well. And, you know, I, I mean, Mark Cuban's doing fine. I'm doing fine. I, I don't need more money than I have. And that's not why I'm doing Shazachat. I'd go out and develop, I'm developing real estate all over the United States. And I have been for 39 years. And if I wanted to make more money, I'd focus only on that. Um, so do I think Shazzle Chat ultimately will make money? I mean, certainly if we get hundreds of millions and billions of people using it, it will be valuable. Um, how is it going to be valuable? I mean, Google didn't know how they were going to make money when they started. They just knew if a lot of people use this, we'll figure it out. Um, we are doing something very, very different in that we're not going to have your data. So we can't database you. We can't data mine you. We can't target ads to you. So we're undercutting the ongoing business model of the web. Um, but that's okay. We've got nothing to lose. You know, we're making no money. How much worse can it get than that? <laughs> you know? We're making no money. We're pushing this because we believe in it. So we're fine. We're not looking at, oh, well, our, if we use a different business model that gives us more control and gives the user less control, we could make more money. Yeah, of course we could. That's why everyone's doing it that way. But yeah. we're not about that. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, what happens, I mean, you get the audience and then they start throwing the billions and everything at you and say, hey, we want to buy this, of course, to, to ruin it. Like we've seen them do so many platforms that you just, you know, constantly are getting advertised to. So it sounds like as long as, you know, Cliff Boyle is in charge, we don't have to worry about, you know, using this and it then being sold to the biggest, um, you know, offer. Well, I, I only own about 94% of the stock. So unless I get outvoted, I'm going to own this until, okay. they, until they take me out of my office in a box. This is not about making money. My grandchildren are taken care of. I'm not worried about them. They don't have to worry about paying for their college. I'm a wealthy man. This is, this is what I want to do with the second half of my life. I'm a little past the second half probably, but we can hope. But yeah, yeah. With, and with the tech and the medicines, who knows? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to live forever. Okay. I don't, I don't believe that shit. We don't, this podcast isn't about that. Yeah, I'm yeah. On, I'm on my way out. Hopefully it's not too soon, but I'm ready for it. So let's bring it on. I always say the Grim Reaper better sneak up on me because I'm going to take his fucking nose off. <laughs> well, since you went there and you're comfortable talking like that, um, what have you planned for not just, you know, for all your businesses to say, hey, I'm grooming the next generation because so often we have, you know, Supreme Court justices and Congress members who want to die in office with the crown on their head. So, you know, teach those entrepreneurs like myself, how do you, you know, kind of shift into other roles? Well, I've got two of my sons in the business now and I operate healthcare across the United States, uh, drug and alcohol detox, as well as assisted living for seniors. And my son is now firmly in charge of those operations. I'm still in charge of the real estate development, but I'm training my 25-year-old son in the real estate development. So I'm grooming the next generation. In fact, the next generation's almost ready to kick me out the door, which is very important. A transition in an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial company is, is very important because a lot of companies, when the founder loses interest or is unable to health-wise, get the interest that the, the company founders. You know, Shazzle, uh, there's, there's no succession plan in Shazzle yet, but at the same point, Shazzle is going to be driven so much by the users <clears throat> that once they establish 
their Shazzle account, they're in charge of it. So, you know, I don't need to be that involved. And if I go away, Shazzle doesn't go away. It's, it's, a, it's an architecture. It's a way. It's, it's an alternative to the World Wide Web. It's on the Internet. The web's on the Internet. But the World Wide Web sends everything to a server and then back out. And that server is a central point in control. Shazzle doesn't do that. Shazzle goes from user to user. So it goes from the outside of the internet, the edge node, to the edge node. It doesn't go through the middle. The web drives everything in the middle, then back out. We don't. It's a different architecture. <clears throat> and the architecture is going to be there, whether Cliff Boyle's alive or dead. Now, do you um, see in the future um, <clears throat> being able to be able to send money, um, even things like Bitcoin. I'm a big fan of the, the Bitcoin ATMs that are going around the world just because if it's my money, I should be able to pull it out when I want. And, you know, on Facebook, you can send Facebook money, but it being, you know, I guess, I don't know if there's a way to regulate it or if you have to worry about the government saying you're helping people launder money all over the world. Um, is it possible to do that with this technology that you have? in the future. Yeah, very interesting that you asked that question because yeah, we've already built the technology to do that. Um, we're not launching it right now, um, but it's legal. It's legal in the United States. We haven't checked other jurisdictions and you will be able to make payments over the internet just like you make them with cash, with paper money. So you can send a digital file to me. Say you owe me 20 bucks. I, I want to bet you owe me 20 bucks. You send me the digital file. I've got that digital file now. I've got access to $20 that's sitting in your bank account. You no longer have access to it because you've given me the access. So the money's still in your bank account, but I'm the one with access to it. But guess what? No money's changed hands. So it's not a reportable, it's not reportable to anybody. It's not money laundering but it's totally private. Now, if you walk into a drugstore and give the clerk $20 and you bought some mouthwash and toothpaste and the clerk takes your $20, gives you change, you know you did that transaction. The clerk knows you did that transaction. You get the $20 from the bank. They don't know you did that transaction. Only you, buyer and seller, and they're the only ones that should know. Why the heck should the government be able to look at every time you use money? Yeah. That's not, that's not privacy. And the government wants to, same as they want to control our speech, they want to control our spending. But I say no, they should not be able to. And there's still a requirement if, if you move more than $10,000, you're required to report it in the United States and move pretty much internationally. And, and okay, we're not going to allow people to launder money, um, but we're going to allow people to move money privately. Um, okay. <clears throat> so is that something you can already do? Because I have the app and I'm like, show me where. Where can I do that? No, no, no. You can't do that on the app right now. You okay. can do that. We can do that. <clears throat> At Shazza, we can do that on, on our equipment, but we have not launched that yet. I mean, we have to make that bulletproof. I mean, you're talking money. You know, let's say someone hacked into the chat app and they sent a chat from your account to someone else, which of course we've tried to prevent and we think we've done a good job of it. But if someone did that, it's like, oops, there is a bug. We didn't catch that one. Okay, now we fixed it. That's one thing with your chat. But with money, you know, we got to make sure um, that we're bulletproof, and which we're working on now. And we're not, not in a huge hurry to launch that. 
I mean, we really need to get the word of privacy out there and let people know there's an alternative technology architecture that they can use. And once they're sending private messages, we'll introduce them to private payments. Wow, I, I love it. Uh, so how soon do you think, I'm just, I'm interested totally in that because that solves a lot of, you know, just internal issues to send money, you know, to certain countries, you'll get flagged and you'll have a PayPal or a world remit or somebody, you know, call you and say, do you really know this person that you're sending money to? And it's like, yeah, it's my father-in-law. And I've been asked, so what is he going to do with the money from somebody in a whole nother country asking me what my father-in-law is going to do with his money in Cameroon? And I'm like, he's going to spend it. I don't know. He's going to buy beer, <laughs> what he, whatever he wants to do. He's retired. He's enjoying his life. Leave me alone. I shouldn't have to answer to you somewhere else and you're not even you know in america but i don't even want to answer anyone so how soon can we um you know maybe can we see that well the answer to that is probably more political and social than it is technological technologically i would say we could have that available it's available now but we we could test the security and have it available in three to six months <clears throat> um, but think of what kind of hornet's nest you're stepping in your government wants to control your money. They definitely want to control your speech. They want to control your money even more. So you want to send something to Cameroon. They say, okay, but you need to say, mother, may I? And then I will let you know what you can do with your money. I mean, you like your dad, you have a relationship with your dad, you feel like you're kind of close to him, but guess what? I, the government, and between you and your dad, I'm the, the, the wall between the relationship of you and your father in your family. And I like that. I don't have the legal right, but I've usurped that authority and I'm not giving it up. So then Cliff Boyle comes around and says, guess what? You don't have the legal right. And my application goes around the wall and there's nothing you can do to stop me. Well, guess what? You can't fight city hall. So we better be prepared for city hall to say, I don't care about the law. I'm going to stop you anyway. So we got to be a little careful there, which we're going to be a little careful. Um, so I would say, you know, the earliest would be a year, more likely two years, that realistically we have to make sure we've got all our ducks in a row and we've got to make sure we have a lot of people like you that are ready to call their congressman and say, don't change the law to take away my privacy, because that's what they will do. They'll see this, they'll see the technology, they'll see that it's legal, and they'll say, oops, we better shut this down. I'm not afraid of saying that. If I'm on 60 Minutes, I'm not gonna talk about this. And they can try to get me to talk about it, but I'm not gonna talk about it. But politicians aren't gonna do anything until it slaps them upside the head, because they don't get voted for doing things that don't slap them upside the head. So I'm not worried about them changing laws now. But once this is launched, there's gonna be a movement to, oh, we got to change the laws. We got we got we can't allow people privacy with their own money just because that's the law. We got to change the law so that they can't have privacy. So we need the voters to tell the politicians, "Don't take away my privacy." When the voters are ready for that, we'll launch. <clears throat> yeah, well, and you know the voters that that that's a scary thought because sometimes the voters are so you know just robots, drones to whatever the media, whichever side you, you want to watch. But, but what you're talking about, when you talk about, you know, being careful, I mean, you become a threat. 
to the powers that be. So, sure. how, you know, how do you, how do you sleep at night knowing that you created something that, you know, you broke the game and put it back together and did it your way, but also that I'm about to piss off a lot of people, you know, rich and powerful. I'll tell you how we do it. We don't launch it. <laughs> we don't launch it until our users tell us we're ready. We want it. We got your back because the politicians are not going to go against their voters. And you look at what's going on with Facebook and parlor now where a lot of pissed off people are getting shut down on Facebook and they're saying, I'm going somewhere else. You know, if we get that sort of traction where people say, look, I want privacy, not only in my communications, I want privacy in my money. Everything's on a credit card. The government knows when I spent it. They know where I am. They know my geolocation. They know everything about me. They know what underwear I'm wearing. Or if I'm not wearing underwear, they know that. You know what? I don't like that. How did they get all that information on me? How did they get all that control? I never gave it to them. They just took it. So we're going to take it back. But I can't take it back on my own. And if I just launch a little piece of technology, they'll look at it and say, oh, we'll change the law. We'll shut down your technology. And if I don't have millions of people screaming at them, they'll get away with it. Definitely. Um, I see a campaign where you know, folks uh, need to can't have a, a campaign and, and make sure the, um, the voices are heard because that's just going to be more of an issue. I mean, people are losing their jobs for things that they were doing in the privacy of their own home. And some of it is because these computers and these uh, you know, tablets and all this don't turn off the camera and they can hear what they wanna hear. So it, it, it's just, you know, it, it's crazy. Now, this is my signature question and I'm telling you that because this whole interview is, you could say, is that, but with all the success that you have had and that you're gonna have, what does a community give back that you're doing now or that you're going to do in the future? Well, the community give back is I'm going to give you back your privacy and liberty with your help. Um, as far as right now, we're dumping, I'm dumping a lot of money into this, millions of dollars into this. So I don't have anything. It's not, it's not producing anything to give back. Um, if we're successful and we have the resources that what we're going to do is our give back will be anything we can do to fight for privacy across the world. Um, and we will commit to that. And sometimes it helps to have funding. I, I don't think it's as important to have the funding as to have the technology. Um, and I think this technology can, can lead to privacy, which is going to lead to increased human liberty. And there's no way to shut it down. Um, but there are, there's a social political aspect, like the website you talked about, you know, let's say the government said, well, we're not going to allow you to do that. And they needed to fight a lawsuit. Um, then someone's got to support that. So we would support privacy on the social, political, legal realm. Um, we are the privacy company and that's what we're going to support. That's our give back. And if we, if we have money, we don't have, we have money going in, no money coming out. If we have money coming out, we're going to use it to support private. How, how much of uh, going to Harvard do you think impacted who you are now in business and with, you know, the experience and the people that you, you met there? It's interesting. You just mentioned uh, things people do on Zoom and losing their jobs and Harvard and, 
you know, it uh, reminds me of uh, a newsworthy event that a Harvard classmate of mine was involved in on Zoom, um, and which is unfortunate because he's a good man and he's had a great career. Um, the interesting thing, I don't want to sell out my alma mater, but the people that get into Harvard, that get accepted, have shown a high degree of ambition, um, accomplishment, and if you want to use the buzzword privilege, I mean, in my case, you know, I didn't have a lot of money. My parents weren't rich, but they were doing okay. But they guided me more so than my friend's parents did. And they pushed me and they showed me the door of how to do things to get into college. Um, so once I was accepted at Harvard, I had already shown myself to be in, you know, what of the ambitious kids my age. So I think Harvard itself definitely... Um, fosters creative learning. Um, there were tremendous opportunities I had there. I learned mostly writing and communication, which rhetoric, which used to be the, the only reason people went to college, like in ancient Rome, if you weren't a citizen, you weren't allowed to learn rhetoric. You could learn math, you could learn science, all that unimportant stuff, but you couldn't learn rhetoric because then you could influence people and, and change the politics. Um, so I definitely had support from Harvard in branching out in ways that my creative thinking and creative learning was fostered. Okay, okay. And, and you know, you go between New England and Arizona, I'm trying to see, um, you know, the type of person you are. I, my wife and I got married in Springfield, Mass. So I know New England very well. Basketball Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. Basketball Hall of Fame. And I say where the real departed like really took place with all the, the connected guys that hang out, you know. Well, um, it's interesting that the guy that took Whitey Bulger out came from Springfield. Yeah, yeah, yes. Springfield is always forever in my heart. There's no city that I mean, the things you can do there. And um, people say, you mean get away with it? No, I mean, just the things you can do there. Basketball Hall of Fame and the conversations you can have you know, in culturally New England, but which one do you prefer, especially during this, you know, winter time for most, do you prefer being in Arizona or Massachusetts? Well, in winter time, I prefer being in Arizona because it's warm and I am a citizen of the world. I mean, certainly I'm America first. You got to take care of your own country first. Um, but I consider myself a citizen of the world and where I am geographically is not as important as where I am with my family and where I am intellectually. Um, Massachusetts, I spend more of my time in. I raised my children most of the time here. I raised some of the younger ones in Arizona for part of the time. So, you know, I'm a New England boy. I grew up maybe 45 minutes away from Springfield across the border in Connecticut, in Simsbury, Connecticut. Um, so I'm a New England boy at heart and I always will be, but I can go where I go. Okay, and a citizen of the world, favorite country outside of America. Oh my gosh, I should ask Senya that. We've traveled all over the world, including Uzbekistan, where we have some of our engineers. Um, my favorite country, I'd have to say, is Russia. Um, I work with a lot of Russians. I love Moscow. I love St. Petersburg. Um, my girlfriend's Russian. My project manager, Senya, is Russian. Um, some of the engineers are Russian, and it's a very unique culture and that it straddles 
the East and the West, it straddles Europe and Asia, uh, and it straddles, you know, Christian culture. It is Christian culture, but it 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 has some of the uh, some of the pre-Christian elements are still still percolating through their culture. Very interesting. And I was going to say, you know, when you were talking about we were talking about security, I was going to say, you know, if you get in a bind. You want me to do it? I got a place in, you know, in Cameroon and, and looking at other places as well. Give it to me because I got to deal with the government. Just tell me when to leave and <laughs> we'll, we'll put it out there. You know, get the black helicopter. Come yeah. take me. Say I've said too much. I've done too much. You don't have to, you know, kill me or anything like that. But you have a place in, in Russia where, you know, we see Snowden um, having to be in Russia because he told the truth, you know, and so, yeah, that, that's your place. Well, I, I thank you for coming on and, and sharing that. And I'm definitely going to share that, not just with my audience, but my real job. I represent influencers and some of them have, you know, very big um, audiences and they like to, you know, talk about these things because privacy is a big issue um, in this country and globally. Yeah, and, and it should be a big issue and it needs to be a big issue because we all know we're losing it. And I started this 12 years ago and everyone told me, particularly my younger son, they were young at the time, teenagers or one of them might've been about 20. And they said, dad, no one cares about privacy. And they'd never been sued. They'd never been in court because I was in business and I knew how important privacy was even to protect your dollars, right? Nobody cares about privacy. And I would say they will. It's like, oh, he's wasting money. Dad, no one cares about privacy. Um, and now people care about privacy. I think it's very clear. We all know what's going on. Look at Hillary Clinton and the email servers and the emails were found on a server and, you know, probably cost her the election. And, you know, we have David Petraeus from years ago and, and I don't know, Joint Chiefs of Staff or whatever. He got caught in an affair and it happens again and again and again. We all know our privacy is eroded, but no one knows yet what to do about it. Well, we've been working on this 12 years and I tell you what, we got an answer. Yeah, yeah. And anyone saying they don't care about privacy, you know, even my phone, <laughs> It's private. My wife, my kids, they don't go through my phone unless I hand it to you. This is private and I don't need a password on it. This is my whatever I want to say, whatever I want to label. If I want to say, you know, King Cliff Boyle. And why'd you call him King? I don't answer those type of questions. This is my personal, you know, phone. You, you think it's yours, but it's not. Everything you do on that phone goes through someone else's server and they're in control. True. And I have some things on here that I think that, you know, and I'm glad you're bringing this technology out so we can say, okay, let's just make a shift because we you have, always, an, you have an iOS or you have an Android. I have an Android, but today I'm getting an iOS. Uh, there's an app only on iOS that I just have to have. And so I got to go, you know. Well, let me tell you about an iOS phone, right? Mm -hmm. Who's in control of what you put on your iOS phone? Well, it's going to be Apple. Apple. Yeah. Not true with Android. Mm -hmm. Android, a developer can develop an Android application without any of Google's permission. They have to get in the Play Store to you know, make sure they're not hackers. But you can develop anything they want. They can monetize it. But you're on an iOS phone. Apple's in control. You know why Shazza doesn't work quite as quickly on an Apple right now as it does on Android? Because they don't want you to have privacy. They want to control your experience. They want to control your data. They don't want us giving you control over your own phone. 
no, that's that's great. I'm I'm actually gonna have both because they're just it's gonna be <laughs> certain apps. But then my this will be the final question. Can we, you know, will there ever be a chasm phone where you know you handle all of that? <laughs> well, that's probably would be a good way for us to give back. You talked about giving back, mm-hmm. and to the extent that we provided private messaging and private payments and we could monetize through private payments, we may make enough money on the private payments that we could give you a phone for free. And it would be a phone that you would own the operating system. You would control the operating system. You would control the use of your phone. You would control the content, the money and the data. That, I mean, that's a pipe dream right now, but that would be a nice end result because that's what should happen. Whether it's Shazel or someone else, that's what should happen. That should be your phone. Today, it's not. I mean, it's your plastic and your silicon, but you don't control what goes in and out of that phone, even though you own it. And you should control that. And we're, we're, a better, we're in a better place in this world if the individuals control property, information, money flow, et cetera. Well, you guys have gotten the game. Don't want to give you a game overload. You know what to download right now. Even if you are on iOS and it moves a little slow, at least you are private. And, you know, you might say, I have nothing to hide. It's not about having something to hide. It's being able to control your messaging and what you have. So, Cliff, I thank you for coming on. You guys are going to take this off air. You guys be blessed. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.